0: Welcome to the Movement Made Better Podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. We are your hosts, Dennis Dunphy and Neil Valera. We got Coach Ray with us here today. First things first, happy birthday, brother. Oh
1: thanks, man. See?
0: How old are you now? 56. 56. You look good for 56. <laughs> okay, it's, yeah, a, you know? it's, a, it's an Asian thing. <laughs> 39. 30, not all. Yeah. Oh, year. Year. Okay. Yeah. oh, shit. Shit. Yeah, Sorry, nice.
1: Starting so to get there. the very last part of the uphill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: All downhill from well, the. Well, 50 is the new 20. Is that it? Yeah, so yeah totally <laughs> 50 is the new 20. That makes sense. What's interesting is t- talking about aging, I started the new book by Dr. David Sinclair who's the head geneticist at Harvard Medical School. And in his prologue, he talks about where is going to come a day where people passing away at the age of 120 is going to be uncommon. So I'm like in the third chapter of the book. It's pretty in-depth, but I'm like, just hearing him say that was kind of like,
1: interesting because of lifestyle and or because of medication so he's so he
0: his paradigm on aging is actually it's not a natural process it's a disease okay Okay. it's a disease of the cells it's the cells breaking down and aging right Mm -hmm. so his thing is is through research and looking at how they and using yeast because the yeast cell mimics a human cell and so they've gotten yeast cells to actually let live 33 percent longer mm-hmm. by focusing on the mitochondria. So I was like, fascinating. But yeah, just to hear him say that in the prologue—that yeah, it's going to be mm-hmm. uncommon to hear about people dying at 120, which opens up a whole different set of questions. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. let's. But taking the book at face value and his topic, yeah. and just what he's doing.
1: So mitochondrial health is the is the key is the key thing. thing. So that means. In the future, everyone's going to be doing steady state cardio. Everyone's going to be fasting. <laughs>
0: right? So, uh, yeah, chapter three, he's, already, yeah, he, yeah. he's talking about so fasting. fasting. Yeah. So the whole uh, chapter three is talking about fasting, right? Mm-hmm. And the benefits of fasting and mm-hmm. why we should be doing it. And he says, you know, in there, he says, it's not for everybody. Because mentally, a lot of people would freak. You know, they freak oh, out yeah. about not having food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they freak out about it. But. The benefits of fasting and depriving your body, not into malnutrition, yeah, but yeah. just depriving your body of food sources for a little bit and the health benefits of it and how it actually helps kick the body into that survival mode mm-hmm. and strengthens the cellular behavior. Yeah. So I thought that was just a fascinating, so I'll, uh, hopefully I'll finish that book up in the next week or so. But yeah, it's pretty interesting. See? So maybe we'll see it in our lifetime. Yeah, maybe. That'd be pretty trippy. Yeah, maybe I'll get to That'd be pretty
2: trippy. Shit. 120 that's, that's that's a long time bro <laughs> it's,
0: <laughs> got right. <laughs> it's, a long, it's a long time but it's not a long time yeah yeah it's, you say it and mm-hmm. it's but right but when you were 18 like being 50 was like way off in the distance yeah i mean it was like so far off in the mm-hmm. distance you're like that's old mm-hmm. dude and now i'm at 50 and i'm like F- you it's not <laughs> old <laughs> yeah it's kind of it's just funny perspective changes that, it's perspective yeah, changes right, right? Yeah. But now I look back at 18, and I think the opposite. I go, that wasn't that long ago, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of different. At 18, I'm thinking 50 is so long, far away. And then I'm 50 looking back at 18 going, geez, it was just like yesterday almost. Yeah.
2: The perspective so, of time changes.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. pretty true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's get into a subject about, you know, last week you showed us that video of Erwin Lacour posted mm-hmm. with the ladies balancing weight on their head and going over a river on a tree branch.
2: Basically,
0: Uh, right, and it kind of gave us a different perspective on strength. Essentially, what you would call that is essential strength, yeah. Because I mean, they're it's strength,
1: right? But they may not be technically weightlifting strong, Mm -hmm. but it's more of like this overall skill of having having to use their body.
0: But they have to do it, they have to do it, they have to do it. it. They're carrying food, yeah, right, or water, whatever it it is, right? Whatever goods they need to get back to their home. It's dependent on them making, finishing the task. And it was interesting watching the video of how casually oh, they strode. And, yeah. and the branch is not that wide,
1: oh, no. right? And it wasn't like this perfect beam. No. Yeah. Jagged, you know, some some spots were probably thick, some spots were thin.
0: But they're so cat, like it just yeah. watch it, it just, just no hesitation. Hmm. They just straight across. Yeah. And what was interesting too was that it was wet because it's over a pretty stiff current. Yeah. Like that, that the gap wasn't that big, maybe 10 feet or so across, but the current running through that was pretty stiff. Like if they fell in, they're getting washed oh, yeah. down river pretty quickly,
1: right? Like they're losing all their, whatever their yeah. they're carrying. Yeah.
0: Right? And so, especially with their size, if they had gone in, they were getting taken down, down a ways before they could get to a safe area or whatever. But pretty interesting to see how casual they did it. Mm-hmm. But then we started dicking around with holding a plate on our head. A lot harder than it looks. Yeah, Way no. harder than it looks. Because there's a lot of micro movements that you don't even realize until you try it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So I, I know we use plates, which aren't the most comfortable, right? So, I mean, just put a little shirt or something on your head. But what did you think was the most fascinating part of those micro adjustments? Where did you feel all that?
1: You know, I think it puts you in good alignment to, to balance. <laughs> because, you know, any shift forward, if it's 45 pounds on your head, even though you are holding with one hand, you're just—you're not really holding it in your hand. It's
0: you're steady. You're just kind of yeah, yeah, making sure kind of doesn't fall off, right? Yeah.
1: That little micro shift forward, shift to the side—you're gone, right? Yeah. I mean, you're you're going to lose balance
2: on flat ground, let alone a little beam. Yeah, like trying to think about walking across something, even if it was like a regular beam, like something that has like three inches in width. That creates a whole new challenge because you can't look down either. That was no. the thing we were talking about. Yeah. Like, you can't. You can't. You can You, can't can't, down, you, you, can't yeah, you got you know. this object on your head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. have to be so kinesthetically aware of where you're at and what you're doing. There's a lot of different factors that make that particular challenge exceedingly hard mm-hmm. for people like us where that's a non-essential.
0: It, yeah, yeah, because it, is, it mm-hmm. is not essential for us. Yeah. And that was why we looked at it as essential strength. It was essential for them, but not for us. Right? Right. And so the great perspective is that it was, what, probably about a good two feet high object that they had. So think yep. about vertically. Mm-hmm. It just increases your lever, essentially, right? So yeah, yeah. everything down low has got to deal with even more up top.
1: And yeah. if it's liquid in there, it's,
0: it's flushing around. So if it's
1: water. Yeah, even
0: know. yeah, so much variability to deal with there. I thought it was just fascinating to watch that, but then try to experience that of just – balancing what a 25 35 pound plate on our head yeah. was just super challenging walking with that right yeah. it was kind of like an etiquette class that you mm-hmm. that you see there's a difference between a book that mm-hmm. doesn't weigh barely anything and then putting actual load on top of you yes yeah. but i actually could feel the all the spine erector and all the way down mm-hmm. the spine is you're trying to keep that plate on top of your head yeah i, I thought that was fascinating Yeah, especially when
2: we tried to squat with it. Yes. Yeah. I think that's where I felt like a lot of the foot, the micro foot shifting, like where I'm kind of placing weight, what your hips are doing, like even just like that shifting back, that anterior posterior shifting back and Mm -hmm. forth, that was that, at least for me, like was what really lit up because I was like, oh, well, okay, This, this feels a little off. I think that. The multi-directional challenge Mm is like, what's also extremely impressive. Mm -hmm.
0: So it really lends more credence to understanding why you need neck training. Mm -hmm. Like you gotta have a strong, you gotta have those neck tissues strong, right? And have, trying to rest that plate on your head and just even walking or squatting with it really helped demonstrate us to to internalize for us the importance of that.
1: But then also at the same time, you need to have so much sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because you can't just be super strong and pull in one direction or push in one direction. Like, you have to be able to shift back and forth. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, these little micro movements. Yeah. It's almost like if you're uh, hand balancing, right? Yes. You're you're shifting between, you know, your fingertips to maybe the outer edge of your your hands or your wrists. It's like standing on one leg. Yeah. You know, if you look at someone's foot, you know, it's always, you know, maybe moving around, especially when they're first learning
0: how to stand on
1: one leg. Yeah. You see all these micro shifts and then all of a sudden you get stronger and stronger and stronger and it's pretty solid.
0: Yeah, you see less micro yeah. shifts, right? Mm-hmm. So for us, I mean, there's a lot of micro shifting as we're watching oh, each time, other try to yeah. balance yeah. this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So whereas one of these people over in Africa that does this, mm-hmm. we probably wouldn't see any very little shifting taking place yeah. when we're walking with this stuff. So we could probably all do that over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But could we do it over that water? So then that, that's so a that's whole a, mental that's strength. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a totally different. That's yeah. a totally different beast, right? Because, but our motivation would be different though. True. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So there Absolutely. goes that motivational component. Mm-hmm. If we tried it here, yeah, it's like you said, we could. I could pull out the balance beam. Yeah, and we could try to walk that, but then go over there and actually do it. Yeah, like you'd be nervous. Yeah, because okay. we're safe.
1: Yeah, like we're, we're, we're safe. Safe
0: environment. Yeah. There's nothing that's
2: threatening us. Yeah, but that external factor of okay, if I don't. If I don't step right, or if I step a little off, this is going to cost me more than I would if I was like in here. Yeah. yeah. So the the risk is significantly higher. Mm. Although the payoff is high because you feed your family, you get whatever supplies you need. Yeah. But that risk is
0: also significantly higher too. Yeah.
1: I wonder what the percentage of error is in that. For people, you know, just the the people that have to do this.
0: Every oh, day. The how much, how many times they fail and yeah. trying to accomplish something like that. Ever fail. That'd be interesting to find out, huh? Or see. What's your theory?
1: I don't know, man. It's tough because then you also have the the branch <laughs> itself. Right? Is it the same branch? Do they replace the branch? Is it going to hold up? Yeah, it right. Does, you know? it's
0: going to wear out over time? Yeah. So yeah, right. you're going to have to replace do they that. check that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. it's like it's like an equipment check in the gym. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everybody does it. Yes. And all of a sudden, that rope is worn away, and all of a sudden, you go to do that pull down, and poosh, yeah, right? it snaps off, right? you're like, oh, shit, should have checked the equipment. Mm -hmm. Or when
1: they find out, hey, this one's worn off, okay, get a new one. Yeah. But they don't practice. They just throw it down there. So it's it's new.
0: It's a brand new beam. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's different because... Different texture, different width. It's not like a two-by-four where it's flat. I mean, you're talking around... And it's like you said, not every tree branch is straight.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. probably... None of them are. Yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: there's distortion to it, mm-hmm. so you gotta learn how to because that distortion can create that roll on that branch. Mm-hmm. So you gotta understand what you're dealing with. That's a shitload of that's a lot of stress. It is. Oh yeah, yeah. thinking oh, about yeah. that stressing me out. Right, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. That for them is es- essential strength, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but in our perspective, I think we would consider that maybe weird strength. Well, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How we perceive the same task, mm-hmm. for them, it's like, no, I have to do this. For us, it's like, oh, this would be something cool to practice yes. and dick around with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for us, it's more just that weird slash circus style strength, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But like And I think that
2: the the type of strength that they have is also different than a average gym goer, too. Because like what we do in a gym is effectively yielding to a degree. Yeah. They're highly reactive. So those like, Mm, those little movements and those little swing and also kind of, and the other thing I'm kind of curious about too, is like how fast do they pick up, let's say going on a new branch or going on a new route or doing something different, either with varying weight or varying volumes of whatever it is they're carrying. They have to be really fast and really efficient at learning how Um, to get better or good in a really short period of time with working with those things. So it's just a completely different element than anything we can replicate. Yeah. In our lifestyle, in first world lifestyle,
0: do you think that they would adapt to exercises quicker than we would? Yeah, yeah, because of that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Not just because of that, but the multitude of motions they go throughout the day. Just they would physical labor, right? Their
0: coordination, I think, would be. I would tend to hypothesize would be better than ours.
1: Yeah, for that. Yeah, for some of those tasks, for sure.
0: Right. Or if like we brought them into the gym and said, "Okay, let's try some of this stuff," I think they'd catch on. Much quicker than most than most of uh, people that we come oh, across, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: because we're all one that. planes. Like we're, mm-hmm. we work on single, single sing- so, sing- yeah, planes, right? Where they're looking at multiple planes of movement all the time, mm-hmm. in in either two or three. So, like, if that's the case, then yeah, they absolutely have a far higher chance of yeah. adapting much quicker, but much more efficiently, at least.
1: I wonder though, too, like, what age do they start learning how to balance this on the head, and then like what progression do they take? Because they're not just going to throw a kid out there. The first time yeah there probably are like some sort of tests within the village that they have to go through mm-hmm. and go okay you can do this on this you're good yeah. you know, you've met the requirements needed
0: that'd be something build, interesting build, like because daniel lieberman yeah what you know what going over to study the tribes over africa saw mm-hmm. that right because he even wrote about that in his book about how one of his assistants could couldn't do that right, and so how the women in the village were kind of laughing at him because mm-hmm. here's a young twenty year old kid who they are like, oh, put this on your head, and he is completely wiped out by trying to accomplish this thing yeah. that these ladies just do on an everyday basis. Yeah, yeah. So and and seeing you know how much effort and work it was for him to be able to try to do what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So when I was over in Tanzania, I thought watching, for me, I thought watching the porters walk with at a really fast pace. Uphill, downhill, big steps, little steps, completely different surfaces that they're stepping on from one step to the other, different angles and contours. And they're just doing it like it's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just the weight. A lot of it sometimes was... Like they're carrying tent poles on their head with other stuff stacked on top, so you're taking into consideration that you've got a lever on your top of your head that's maybe four feet in length. That if you can't turn a certain way, right? Because if you catch a tree branch or something, but the speed and the ease with what they were at which they were doing this with Mm -hmm. was mind-boggling.
1: Well, and like we walk on flat ground all day. Even if we do step ups it's the same step. Yeah, every single time same right. height every single time. They're hiking on different terrain where no step is the same. Mm-hmm. The the loads they carry it's always different depending on their clients and whatever maybe so yeah and then the weather. So they have they experience much more right. variability so they they're able to build much more you know strength around the joint mm-hmm. all these different angles and their proprioception for all that stuff is just There's no fear either, right? They just go.
0: You know, especially when we were coming down on the last day, it was raining. Like, it was wet. And so, of course, the guides are telling us, hey, take your time, slow, slow, watch your footing. And here come the porters, shoom, on the same surfaces. They're just, So for them to be able to deal with that different element of having a slippery surface between the rocks and the mud, and they were still cruising downhill like it's no big deal. So, I mean, that was super impressive. I think looking at stuff like that, I tend to think, are we really limited in our perspective of what strength training is or different aspects of strength training for the average American?
2: Yeah. Because we look at things a little bit too linear. Yeah. Which is is part of the problem is that like everything is pretty, it's like you said, right? Like every step is pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. But in other countries where they have to do tasks like this that are essential, nothing's the same. There's differentiation. There's so much variability. So where we got messed up is that we've made everything extremely linear, without with the minimal amount of variability as possible. Yeah. So now that puts us in a place where we're here and we're stuck on this in this box, but this other box now looks a little weird when we start to consider
0: other factors.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everything here it's, it's so safe, mm-hmm. but it
0: makes us more fragile. Yeah. A mm-hmm. oh, Luke Hobbs is a trainer over from the UK who teaches self-defense. And he talks about building strength versus killing strength. Mm -hmm. A huge difference. Yeah. And when he talked about it, I was like, oh, that's a great point, right? Mm -hmm. Building strength, picking things up, moving it from point A to point B to build, right? Mm -hmm. But then that type of strength is vastly different than killing strength. Yeah. Would that mean that's a switch, right? Mm -hmm. I think most Americans would think of strength in just one thing. Can I, can I lift heavier objects, right? Can yeah. I push heavier objects? Mm-hmm. But there are so many other different facets of strength, right? Mm-hmm. Reflexive strength. Uh, I mean, explosive strength. All these different, but I think we tend to get locked in too much on just one type. Yeah. So we need to keep challenging ourselves and get out of this kind of training rut that I think most people are, are in when it comes to that. Because they do the same shit over and over again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, naturally, as a kid, you train every type of strength because mm-hmm. you sprint, yeah, you throw. Right? yeah. You know, you you swing things. You know, you're you're bounding, you're lifting things, you're wrestling. So you you train everything, all the different. But then, whatever age we hit, we just stop. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's high school, you stop playing sport. You know, if you're not you're super athletic, mm-hmm. then you stop being active. Yeah. So then – and then you'd start being active and you go to the gym and I, you go – go lift weights and then you just do the treadmill or step mill or – and then that's it. Mm-hmm. But you're not exposing yourself to all the different activities you used to as a kid. Mm-hmm. So we lose – that's – you know, I think we lose it there. So it's basically – if we can continue what we do mm-hmm. growing up, just
0: keep going. Yeah. I think that's a, a good formula for the average person would be – train in the gym but then also do something outside of the gym for sure yeah but something like whether it's pickleball right (laughs) something fun (laughs) that's going to bring those other facets Mm -hmm. that you're missing out on Mm -hmm. and i think people kind of think that that's not for me that but like golf is good and the golf is good Mm -hmm. but let's do other things besides just golf right most people in their older years golf is it right like it's the risk of getting injured playing golf the perception is pretty low Mm -hmm. it's pretty Pretty high but it's pretty high (laughs) that's the thing like most people i think when you ask them why you play golf oh it's safe right Mm -hmm. you're like no not really
1: lifting weights is (laughs) (laughs) safe
0: right (laughs) it is right you know but yeah i think Doing things like pickleball. Mm -hmm. It's a fun game. We've seen the explosion of it Mm -hmm. around the country. But it's for people that can't play full tennis anymore, essentially, right? Yeah. But it still gives them those same properties that they would need in actual tennis. And it just condenses down that field. Yeah. Yeah. It's like
1: a little bigger than ping pong.
0: Eat, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that nice little in-between. But finding a hobby like that is really mixing that in with what you do at the gym, not just isolating, okay, I work out three times a week at the gym, I'm good.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you just said the problem right there. Everybody looks at the gym has this is the standard, this is what I need to do. So anything extra I do on top of that takes away from what I do in a gym. Right. Instead of looking at it more from a perspective of, hey, this can actually literally add to, mm-hmm. not take away from. So having in those extracurricular activities Should be encouraged or it should actually be done, obviously, within a safe manner to where you don't get hurt. But that just comes with exposure and practice and Mm -hmm. just kind of playing around with those things a little bit more
0: to kind of see what your body can handle anyway. Because let's say let's say you are trying to be more explosive in the gym. Yeah. Would dancing help you become more explosive in the gym?
1: It could. It could. Yeah. I mean, you, you think about it. You start dancing, it's low-level plyometrics.
0: Yes. Exactly, right? Right.
1: So that's the early stages. Mm -hmm. And then your body adapts to that. Your connective tissues get ready with dancing. And maybe you go to some more extreme dancing where there's Mm -hmm. jumping, all this stuff. Right. Hey, that's explosive. Or, you know, you do that light dancing and then you can go, hey, all my tendons, my ankles, my knees, all that stuff is conditioned. You have all this variability Mm -hmm. from dancing. It's super fun. Um, Mm -hmm. You build this cardiovascular base too. And then you can you can start doing more intense stuff in the gym if you want.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I mean now it's it's a more extreme version of dancing, mm-hmm. but if you watch people do swing dancing, there's mm-hmm. a lot of explosive movements in swing yeah. dancing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can see where maybe somebody that does swing dancing can easily transfer over to explosive lifts mm-hmm. in the gym, and it would be actually a really I guess you can look at it as the gym, the explosiveness in the gym helps them become a better swing dancer, right? Mm -hmm. Because it teaches them more ground force reactions. So both activities feed off of each other. Both activities make make each each other's activity better. Yes. So I I think that's a cool little formula to maybe think about is what am I trying to accomplish in the gym Mm -hmm. and what activity outside of the gym would actually enhance that and make that better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah. So, I mean, as a power lifter, you're trying to create more internal force, right? Yeah. But maybe wrestling is what helps you or or that type of activity mm-hmm. be yeah. able to generate more internal drive. Absolutely.
2: So, yesterday I actually sparred for the first time in a few years. Oh. It was just for uh, fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The thing is, actually, after doing it, my, like my gas tank was pretty okay. And those, like, the rounds were kind of long. They were like five yeah, minutes, yeah. five and a half minutes. Okay. But... The thing is that I'm missing or that I felt that I was missing from being like in martial arts and boxing and such was that my footwork or my, oh, yeah. you know, even in my stepping in certain aspects was missing. Mm. And so then it became, how much does lifting actually benefit? None. Not at mm. all. In that regard, yeah. it does absolutely nothing. If anything, it hinders me. Okay. But if I were to go do something, let's say, if I were to go play basketball, I'd probably do pretty good. Or pretty decent, at least, mm-hmm. with being able to move around yes. in that kind of more general thing. But things that are really, really specific, the gym doesn't necessarily fully help in. Yeah, it kind of mm-hmm. helps with your general basis. Yeah. So like after sparring, I was like, all right, like I can still move, I can still throw out punches good and everything. But at the same time, I was like, if I want to get better at this, I need to do this activity more for sure, or do something extremely similar yeah. to it to improve. Also, just like the timing, the vision,
1: anticipation—like you don't get that lifting no
0: there's, you know, there's no way there's to get
1: nothing at it. flying at your face or your <laughs> body so how do you react right like, okay I, I do okay i have these ranges of motions but now i need to put it to use yes i know how to brace if someone's going to hit me but i have to time that like it's it's no use if they hit me and then i go
0: <laughs> 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 so a game like dodgeball is going to teach you how to be explosive yeah for sure mm-hmm. right Someone's chucking a ball at you, you got to be explosive to get mm-hmm. the hell out of the way. Yes, and so not only are you teaching the explosive aspect of strength, but you're then really creating more mo- active mobility too, yes. or applied mobility at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you got two great different benefits mm-hmm. out of an activity like dodgeball.
1: Yeah, have they taken that out of schools
0: now? Yeah, I think it's been, yeah, been out of school. Yeah, I think it's been out of schools for a long time. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's, it's it's a shame that. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I guess I get it a little bit, but yeah. I think Dodgeball was one of my, Dodgeball was hands down one of my favorite games growing up.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, it really was. Gosh, I love she's that still, game. You still keep it. Just yeah. for some helmets. Yeah.
1: That's yeah, mean, it, 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 the easiest way to get the head it, yeah.
0: yeah. Just wear some helmets.
1: Yeah. It's not like that ball is that
0: heavy. No. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and really, kids in their own age groups are not going to be throwing it exponentially harder. That you know, you'll yeah, get some kids that do throw it harder for sure. But Don't the people- speeds, you know, but the speeds the kids are generating at five in fifth, sixth grade yeah, really so- aren't.
1: Too bad. That bad,
0: bad yeah. right? So, yeah, there is that you know so protecting you like the head type like of Jackson in there, fifth grade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but uh, then, are we spending too much? Have we overcorrected, and are we thinking about head trauma too much to the point where we're flopping to the other extreme? I think so. Could you take away a lot of activities when you start to think about head trauma? Right? Like
2: people think that soccer doesn't have head trauma. Oh, so soccer has got huge
0: on shoot tru- 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 right? So it's like Maybe it's more concussions in soccer so- almost yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, neck injuries, head injuries, mm-hmm. you know, from heading the soccer ball. I mean, I played soccer for 10 years. You so, know, so so
2: I- well, if we take those things away, how much are we actually restricting different sports or different activities mm-hmm. versus trying to make it a little bit safer, but understanding that there's going to be there's always going to be that potential with yeah. any sport yeah. realistically any activity any activity yeah.
0: right yeah so i mean this if you're trying to overprotect people then you're also at the same time taking away skills that they could be developing <laughs> yeah with that activity too so you got to kind of weigh the pros and the cons yeah i think maybe we've kind of overcorrected in some in For some sure. respects sure. but yeah sure. dodgeball like mm-hmm. the one of the joys that i always liked about dodgeball was when the one kid that – wasn't at that athletic and caught the ball. Yeah, uh, you know, on somebody that was more athletic, right? Like, like you got jazzed for that yeah. kid, right? You as a team were like, yeah, because yeah. you didn't expect it. <laughs> yeah, and then it happens. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, you caught <laughs> that, right? Like that's awesome. Or holy shit, you dodge that person, like yeah. that's freaking awesome. So, you know, I think from a, a, a confidence standpoint, we're losing that re- that yeah. aspect too because. <laughs> That's what kids want. That's what anybody wants is Mm -hmm. more confidence. But especially as kids, Mm -hmm. we want to establish that, that level of confidence in themselves.
1: Yeah, God, I mean, you just wear like a hockey helmet and face mask. You take out basically all the risk.
0: Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you really could.
1: Yeah, you're not going to get any broken noses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're not going to get a ton. You're not going to get that much head trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, bring it back dodgeball. Bring it back. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, who, out, who knows? Yeah,
1: get some helmets. Take out the big, the big risk, and then you're good. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, but this. So for people out there listening, you know, besides what you do in the gym, if you don't have a hobby yet or an activity. Uh, find one and and see if it helps what you're trying to do in the gym or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Is the gym, what you're doing in the gym, helping you out with your hobby or activity? And then if you're, if it's not, if it's not carrying over, then I think we can kind of think of, think about, all right, do I need to change my programming a little bit? Right. You know, it's like I'm on a new app called any question, right. Where Mm -hmm. we got all these experts that are asking random questions from users on the app. Right. And so you know, they were at, like one question was, "Is a push up versus a bench press, right?" Mm-hmm. You know, and so for me, it was it was awesome to answer the question. Well, a push up is a bench press. They're great. They're both fine. Yeah. But a push up has a little more versatility. Yes. Right, and a little bit more user friendly. Mm-hmm. Right. You can do push ups anywhere. Yeah. Right. Now, for a bench press, like you've got to go get your setup. Like you got to have those tools. Mm-hmm. Right. But with a push-up, you get different slot positions, offset hand positions. Mm-hmm. You can change levers on that. You can you know, change your lever yeah. your body position, change the angles mm-hmm. of where you're pushing from. So that has a lot more variability, and it's for me, it's more user-friendly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I agree. basically, the, the biggest benefit of the bench press is absolute strength.
2: Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like,
1: you can't do that body weight. It's just not going to happen because yeah. you're limited by body weight.
0: Yeah. So, like, uh, that is more strength factor, right? Mm -hmm. What you just said Mm -hmm. versus a push-up, which would be more essential strength. Yeah. Yeah. Getting up and down off the floor.
2: Yeah. Right?
0: Mm -hmm. So, even within those two movements, you can talk about absolute strength versus a push-up, which would be more essential strength. Yeah. Especially for an older population. Which they have a tough time of doing, right? So, give them the essential strength Mm -hmm. of being able to get themselves up off the floor. Yeah versus the absolute strength of do they need to be bench pressing right mm-hmm. and do they do they have to achieve this and if they if they want to do it as an activity if that's something they want to do then you help them accomplish that there's probably some older people that still want to achieve certain numbers on a bench press so help mm-hmm. them do that but i think for we know for the average aging population mm-hmm. just getting up and down off the ground is really what they're more focused on yeah. or what they should be kind of focused on yeah. right yeah, yeah. You know, because we have we all deal with older clients, and mm-hmm. we give yeah. them that task, of getting up and down off the floor, and they kind of look at us like, oh, uh, like right now. And you're like, yes, <laughs> right now, and then, you know, do that five times. Yeah, and we see how much of a struggle it is. Mm-hmm. So we see how much essential strength that they're actually lacking, mm-hmm. especially when you ask them to do that, and that look of fear mm-hmm. hits their face. They're yeah. like, Ugh, I don't know, right? Yeah. So you want to kind of put, challenge them to at least establish what we would consider that essential strength factor.
2: Yeah. And I think there's a slight bit of full-body integration on push-ups anyway. Yeah. Sure. Kind of at least compared to the yeah, bench press. For because sure. bench press, you're you're driving into the ground, yes. But with the push-up, that's different holding yourself up in a, like a really good, strong, solid position. Yeah. So, yeah. It all depends on your goals. It yeah. all depends on right. your goals, I think.
0: Yeah. So... Once again, if you're in the gym a couple times a week, 3-4 times a week and you're and you're doing the old good old fashioned gym style workouts that everybody else is doing, bench press, deadlifting, squatting, find yourself a hobby afterwards or outside of it where you can really start to apply different skill sets and or acquire different skill sets mm-hmm. and capacities. So, until the next episode, be good to each other. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and whatever platform you're on, either Apple, iTunes, or Spotify, please, if you could leave a review, we'd appreciate that. If you have any questions that we can answer for you, be sure to leave those in the comments also.
1: If you're looking for more information on our education, our products, please go to www.stickmobility.com.
0: And also hit that subscribe button to that YouTube channel. And don't forget our live Instagram classes three times a week. If you want to join in, grab your sticks and hit that 45-minute class. Yes.